For we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. I'm on page 666. We're dealing with chapter 27 that deals with the, the sacraments. I had a hard time getting going with this one, so I'm not sure where we'll go this morning. But um, the, the preliminary part here is just to incorporate really one or two of the larger catechism questions with the idea of just seeing where the sacraments kind of fit in to what God has given to us. Um, what, um, what's intended, if I can put it that way, uh, reverently put it that way, um, how they should help us. And we see there in question 153, and this is just a lead-in uh, to the sacraments and other means of grace that God's given to us. There in question 153, we have, what doth God require of us that we may escape his wrath and curse due to us by reason of the transgression of the law? The answer, that we may escape the wrath and curse of God due to us by reason of the transgression of the law. He requireth of us repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, and the diligent use of the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of his mediation. Nothing here that surprises you, nothing here that you aren't familiar with, but I simply want to call your attention to that last part, and the diligent use of the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of his mediation. That's where the sacraments are going to fit in. We're going to see that in the next question. But that's just kind of your introduction, our introduction to it via the confession, one of the ways that they've, they've brought our attention to it. <clears throat> and we see in this one that there is a requirement, my first question on page 667, what is the focus of this, of this question? And I think you can see, and you may hit you a different way, but to me the focus was obedience. We, we've got the, the concern about the law. Adam broke the law. We've all broken the law. How do we escape? And, and breaking of the law brings upon us God's wrath and curse. So how do we escape? Well, obedience, obedience unto salvation, and then obedience unto sanctification, all right? So this, and, and, and again, we, and I'll refer to some of the chapters. We've gone through some of these things in earlier chapters in the confessions. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these things. Again, all I'm trying to do is bring us to where sacraments fit in to this entire provision that God has so graciously made for us to bring us to himself, right? To bring us to himself. And you can see the proof text there on page 666, 
the, the believe, uh, repent, um, and and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, again, in Matthew, repentance there at the end to bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. In Luke, repent, repent. Uh, if you don't, you perish. Uh, John three sixteen, uh, believe. Whosoever believeth, uh, verse eighteen, he that believeth. So we see that there is an obedience. You must do what you are told to do. You must repent. You must believe. You must accept Christ, right, to escape the wrath and curse of the law. So we have obedience. And then we have my second question, and again, these are pretty obvious things. How is it that we have these benefits to help us? Right? The benefits, and that's the term that's used there in question 153, communicates to us the benefits of his mediation. And obviously, uh, the, these benefits have been obtained the way we get them. Uh, they've been obtained for us by Jesus Christ in his mediatorial work for us, uh, especially as we consider his atoning death and his victorious resurrection. And chapter 8 of the confession deals with Christ the mediator. And again, we've gone through what Christ did in his mediatorial work. Um, the mediator, the one who is, that the function of the mediator is to bring two parties together. Right? You have a mediator. There are two parties, and the mediator's trying to find a way to solve the problem. And the problem was, God said, you're going to die if you disobey. Man, disobey. All right? So now we got a problem. So how do we bring these parties back together? Is there a way to, as it were, restore the relationship they had before man's sin. In Christ the mediator, it, it works out the plan. That's his job, uh, at least to attempt to do that. Now the problem we had was there, there's no middle ground here. In a mediator doing a mediatorial work, you, you're trying to find ways that both parties can kind of give some, and you find somewhere, some middle ground, that both parties can be satisfied with. But God's justice demands that man die. Right? There's no middle ground there. So Christ, as it were, if, to me, this is me looking at it from maybe a little bit of the legal perspective. Christ, in his mediatorial work, said, all right, I'm going to come and be part of man's side. I'm going to take on flesh. And I'm going to meet and fulfill the requirements of God's law for man. First requirement. 
perfect obedience. Then, he said, then I'm going to die for those whom Christ has given to me. I'm going to meet every bit of the demand that God makes to satisfy his justice. Right? So what Christ did was brought us back here. There was no coming in the middle. There was bringing us back to where we could stand before God. That's his mediatorial work. All right? That's part of his mediatorial work. So uh, we've got Christ as our mediator, as part of his mediatorial work, purchasing for us, obtaining for us these benefits. And you see in, in uh, the proof text there for number two, if you receive my words, if you hide my commandments, if you incline your, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Uh, hear instruction. Uh, and that's, that's part of question three, what is required of us, and I changed it a little bit, to profit from these benefits. And our, the, the, confession, or the catechism question we're looking at uh, is the diligent use, the diligent use of the outward means. So if we don't use these means, if we don't use the means, what happens? No communication. All right? God has said and given us these things to communicate to us. Now, God's not going to come down and appear to you and talk to you in person. But he's given plenty of things to talk to you in person to talk to all of us. If we don't use it, no communication. No communication, then the obvious, at least implication is what? No benefits. You lose out on what God, what Christ has purchased for you, at least in part, you lose out may lose out entirely. If you don't use any of it, you die in your sin. And you die in your sin, there are no benefits to you from what Christ has done. In fact, you die in your sin, now you also not only have disobeyed God, you've rejected his son. You've, as it were, heaped coals of judgment upon your head because you are, as it were, twice over guilty. And then on page 669, name the primary means whereby we secure the benefits. And if you look just across the page there at larger catechism question 154, um, and here's where the sacraments are introduced to us. What are the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of his mediation? The outward 
things we see, things we touch, whatever, the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to his church the benefits of his mediation are all his ordinances, his orders, his commands, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for their salvation. Salvation there, I think, being used in the very broad term, not just the moment you're saved, but the, as it were, development of your Christian life thereafter, and even in glory, um, in perfection. But the word and the sacraments and prayer are primarily things that are here, that, that we must use here if we're going to benefit. And we see, if you look at question 155, it starts with how is the word made effectual to salvation? And you certainly, if you look at the answer, I'm not going to read through all of it, but it certainly gives you a, a good uh, insight, obviously, as to what God has given to us and how it is intended to benefit us. Paul. Good question. And, and I thought, I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute. Apart from the word, I mean, are not all the ordinances. But then I got to thinking, well, God in creation, as it were, established rules, laws that are in his word. But science, we would, you know, um, that, that here's how the earth and the sun and the planets and all these things are going to, because we know from the word that we see evidence of God in his creation. Why? Because it's orderly and it's, it's majestic. I mean, there's, so nature, the laws of nature, um, the laws of, of how we tick, you know, well, the word tells us we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but it doesn't say how everything in us works. But God, as it were, in my thinking, because I, I came, I was dealing with the same question. What is there beyond the word? And then I got to think about those things. Beth? Well, the ordinances, they give us illustration. The word, the sacraments, and prayer as things God has told us to do or has provided that tell us. You know, our, our catechism, what do the scriptures principally teach? What we're to believe concerning God and what duty he requires of us, what, what demands, what commands there are. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there was something else in there. Uh, ordinances, we think of, um, sometimes when we think ordinances are 
almost lesser laws, if I can put it that way, in, in the legal sense now. Ordinances are what you would find at your county or your, maybe your state level, but mainly they're, they're the the day-to-day nitty-gritty. And you get your laws that govern life, uh, a little more of the bigger aspects of life. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was um, something else. I don't know. Anybody else have any thoughts or ideas about it? Jordan? Which being interpreted is. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, our question is, what are the others? That's that was <laughs> that was Paul's question. Was so. Especially, yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to say that for you and for me today, that if we make diligent use of the word, of the sacraments, and of prayer, we will benefit entirely from what Christ has done for us. Beth? Well, again, if the word is communicating to us other means, and again, I don't I mean um, the, the gathering, we've talked about the communion of the saints and stuff, it, but the word tells us about that. Yeah, I was thinking about singing. Singing? Singing maybe being an ordinance. Well, we, we do have, we do have that, that singing, making melody in your heart as well as hymns and songs and hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, um, doing those things. So, I, and it may be that the ordinances are some of the specifics within those categories too. Jordan? And, and even another thing that just came to mind, and I, 
this certainly could, could come to play too, somewhat taking off what Jordan is saying, that God's working, and we talked about the creation, things creating these laws. We don't know. We don't know what God declares if I'm from a speak as a human, all right, uh, bound by limitations. We don't know what God is directing and demanding every day, even as to Satan. No, you can't do this. You can go this far and no more. I mean, we, we talk, we see in Scripture, well, God's our hiding place. He's our shield. We, we have these. So how does that work? How does that work? A shield from what? Well, if he's our shield to deflect, as it were, at times, sometimes those temptations come to us. Sometimes we never see that temptation. Because God said, no. God said, leave this child of mine alone right now. Right? Part of, when we dealt with the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation is an aspect of staying the devil's hand. Don't let that temptation come to me. When you pray, preacher dealt with this, I don't remember when, recently. But when we pray, he talked about the, the need of the Holy Spirit in the morning, during the day, evening. And the need for the Holy Spirit to empower us to do battle. So that... As we pray and ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit, as it were, becomes for us that shield. For the Holy Spirit is obviously the third person of the Godhead. Powerful, powerful, more powerful than Satan. And our hiding place, we need that help. In the time of temptation, we cry out for the help of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to help us, to empower us, to strengthen us in the inner man. It is part of salvation. Right? How, 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 how much, how little we make of it sometimes. But part of salvation, part we'll see of baptism, part of it is that infilling of the Spirit that comes with salvation that gives us, that regenerating work that now gives us the ability, again, to do what's right. right? That ability that was lost when Adam sinned. Well, it didn't change our will. We still had the, the, the will, but we had no ability to choose the right. We were bent toward the evil. So we see, uh, we see these, and, and again, the ordinances, all, all I can tell you for sure is that if 
there are things, and there may be, and we've talked about them, but whatever God has said, you and I are bound by it. And what he says and does relative to us, again, truths that we've repeated over and over. We know he's all wise, he's all loving, he's all uh, he's sovereign, he's omnipotent, right? And he does it for our good. So whatever those ordinances are, are helping us in our salvation. It's his intent to help us in the perfecting, the working out of our salvation. Sacraments fit in to that. The word, and, and these three things that are given to us, the word tells us about our salvation, all that we have in Christ, right? We read it, right? We hear it preached, hits our ears, goes into our brain, all right? And, and hopefully impacts our heart, makes its way there. That's what the word does. The sacraments is what God has given to us, what he has shown, what he shows us, that which he's created to show us. The word we hear or we read, right? But the sacraments are things to show us, to illustrate to us what Christ has done for us, right? And what that is to, how that is to impact us. Now, and I was thinking about this, and I would, uh, I would stand to be corrected if, if I'm just missing, but I don't think the sacraments reveal anything to you or me that's not revealed in God's word. Okay? I don't think there's anything new or novel there. So when we think about that, then God, you know, we, we talk about a picture's worth a thousand words. All right? So God in his love for us and mercy gave us a picture show, as it were, a tangible illustration to draw our attention to something in particular. And the sacraments, both. Old Testament, circumcision, the Passover, New Testament, the uh, Lord's table, and baptism. The sacraments deal specifically with Christ and what Christ has done for us. Right? Baptism is bringing you what we've talked about with the union and communion, right? And you'll see some of those terms. But what Christ did in his life, in his death and resurrection, and your participation, well, baptism brings us to that, and the Lord's table brings us to that. Baptism carries some other things, and we'll talk about some of these when we get into the particulars. But it carries with it some affirmations on our part. Right? 
the Lord's table is and, and the sacraments. And I was thinking about this too. The sacraments, as it were, are always a communion with the body. The sacraments are not for you individually to practice separately on your own. If I can put it that way, that makes sense, right? We don't believe in you taking communion at home. We don't believe in your getting your neighbor to come over and baptize you, right? Um, it is a worship service. It is an ordinance directed by God, specifically New Testament instituted by Christ himself, right? I don't make a big distinction. Some do, I think, that, well, New Testament, these are the real sacraments. The Old Testament, Christ was not the Godhead. And it points to the same thing. So we've got the sacraments giving us a visual so specifically for the eyes and the senses connected with that. Things we can touch, right? Things we can see. And then the significance of those, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. And then prayer. Now prayer, I was thinking about this. So in prayer, how is it that God communicates benefits to you in prayer? Because that's part of what we're doing here. We're talking about is especially uh, whereby Christ communicates to his church the benefits of his mediation are all his ordinances, especially the word sacraments and prayer, all of which are made effectual to the elect for their salvation. So now, what, what's the communication that goes on in prayer? You stop and think about that. Because, I mean, if you're like me, the, the communicating is, is me communicating with God, right? In prayer. So how is it that God is communicating with us? Beth? By answering our prayer, by, by our prayers being directed at helping us in our sanctification. Okay? So there, there's that part. Bob? Well, so, so by guiding us, depending on whether he answers or doesn't answer. That is, we don't know necessarily all the time what's best for us, and that's why we pray. Lord, if it's your will. So, so give us guidance here by how you answer our prayer. Okay? Anything else? So the, the no is, I'm not going to answer your prayer the way you're asking necessarily, but he does. That is an answer. Yes. Do, do, you, ever, do you ever pray? When you finish praying, you, 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 you stop and, and you feel like a load's been lifted off your shoulder? You ever have that happen? You, you, you just feel more at ease? 
about whatever it is you were praying about. Um, you feel reassured that God hears, has heard you, and he will answer, be it yes or no. But in particular, those things, and, and would that be, as it were, the way God's communicating? The spirit, with your spirit, be at rest. Don't let this trouble your soul. I've heard you. I'll bring you through it. I'll deliver you out of it. I will sustain you, whatever it might be. But there is, as it were, that communicating um, in and to us through and in the place of prayer. So that, and, and how is it, how is it that we even can pray? It's only because of what? What Christ has done, right? In reconciling us to God. No reconciliation? You might as well be talking to that wall back there. No reconciliation? You would dare come into God's presence in your own merits and righteousness? If you did and that happened, you would be struck dead on the spot. It's just God's mercy and grace that that doesn't happen in this lifetime. But we don't have that access to God apart from Jesus Christ. Because what is it? How do we come then when we are in Christ? We come robed in his righteousness. We come before God appearing as his own son does righteously. That is, we're, we're clean, we're spotless. Because it's not our own filthy rags. It's Christ's righteousness that clothes us. Right? And again, so when we pray, it's a reminder to us, isn't it, of what Christ has done for us. Communicating, even when you pray, the fact that you are praying is a means whereby God can communicate to you the benefits purchased by Christ because you have access. You're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And then the, the rest of the questions that are there, and, and it's one of these things where you, you sometimes... You just don't see everything, and I'm not sure. I, I'm, I look at a couple of things when I look at the questions, the catechism questions that I'm, where, where I'm putting them. But we dealt with the word in chapter 1 of the confession, and questions 156 through 160 deal primarily with the word. Now, they're here, though, because as you look at what the benefits and what the word does then there may be some help and direction. I'm not going through all of them, but there may be some help and direction as to what you can also then garner from the use of the sacraments because that's where our focus is going to be. 
uh, in this chapter 27 uh, is seeing what's there. So, uh, you, like I say, you can finish looking at those, especially 155, I've already drawn your attention to it, but Spirit of God, and it's the Spirit of God in all these, in our praying, in our making use of the sacraments, in our use of the Word of God, an effectual means of enlightening, convincing, and humbling sinners, of driving them out of themselves and drawing them unto Christ, of conforming them to his image and subduing them to his will, of strengthening them against temptations and corruptions, of building them up in grace and establishing their hearts in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. Now that's specifically talking about the word. But I would suggest to you that the sacraments and prayer, while maybe not doing all of those, will do some of those. And it may bring you, as you are doing, you know, making use of the sacraments, you're reading God's word relative to the sacraments, and so the sacrament does bring you to the word, and the word does all these things that it's mentioned. But that's quite a list. And my point with this is, Christ has purchased for us all these benefits. You look at that list. How many things on that list are we neglecting? How do we benefit? The diligent use. You don't use God's word, you don't use a second. You loosen out. We're losing out. These benefits are going by the wayside. You are living your life in without uh, benefits that Christ intends for you and has purchased for you and offers to you. Make use of it, you get the benefit. You don't make use of it, what Christ purchased for you still sits on your table with your Bible closed. Or you don't know what it is to experience what God may do for you as you go into and come from the place of prayer and while you're in it as far as that goes. Okay? All right. Well, I'm, we'll, we'll start with chapter 27 proper next time on page 682, um, dealing with the sacraments. Okay? And, and some of the things we'll talk about, we've already touched on, so we'll do it again. I, I, I doubt that I'm getting into the sacrament itself that much. I want to deal more with what the sacrament's doing for us, what it should be doing for us. You've heard sermons, you know, all kind of books you can probably read. I'm sure we have some as well as to the specifics of the sacraments. And those are certainly important. Obviously, I, I'm not going to circumvent those. I'm just not sure that I'm that qualified of a person to bring all that or try to bring all that to.
to you. Um, so uh, I will do what I can uh, to make this, I hope, a bit of a challenge to us to make use of the benefits Christ has purchased for us. And to see, that just like what we've looked at, the sacraments fit in there with the word of God and with prayer. It's one of the ways God's given to us to help us in our salvation. And particularly in the early part of our salvation relative to baptism, all right? And then the word and prayer is going to be a constant, not only at the beginning. You're saved because God's word says. But in your sanctification, so in your act of the act of justification, it's done. In your sanctification, it's a work. It's a work. And it's a bigger work for some of us, I think. Not really. It's not difficult for God, we make it difficult because we aren't making use of the benefits. All right. Well, we'll have a word of prayer, and then if you don't have chapter 27, grab it uh, and have it in your notebook. If you don't have a notebook, you're welcome to get one. They're in there, too. Uh, this is number three, and so make sure it has 27 in it because that's new, so uh, make sure if you get number three to look in the back and see if chapter 27 is in it. They're just loose chapter 27s there as well if you need to get one. All right, let's pray. Father, we are grateful to you. Lord, you've, you've blessed us in so many ways, and you've given us help. So you, you, you gave us one day in seven to set aside and to spend time with you and to worship and to have our bodies with, with rest, to have some restoration there. But Lord, to have our souls refreshed and renewed and, Lord, to, to be taught and to learn more of Thee. So we pray that today will be a good and profitable day for all of us. Again, we thank you that we are not left to ourselves in these matters, that you've given to us your Holy Spirit. And, Father, we again ask that you would help us this day in this place, Lord, in all that we do, that the Spirit would be here to attend and help us. Lord, those preaching, those singing, Lord, for hearing the word, whatever the part of worship is that we are engaged in, Lord, help us by your Spirit to benefit from this time. Watch over and keep us. Bless our sister congregations. Cleanse our hearts, Lord, we pray we might be pure in thy sight, uh, that, that our hearts might be prepared for worship. So help us, we pray, for we pray it in Christ's name. Amen.